And that wasn't for Iowa, that was for us. So we are excited to be starting a new series, a new preaching series. It's called Just Be, and this morning we'll come to, this, to that slide. But overall, we have this um, very cool thing that's happening. Next slide. Just Be, and all of this, if you'll notice, centers around Christ. Um, be with Christ, belong to Christ, be as Christ, become like Christ. So over the course of the next four Sundays, we're going to be talking about those just be, those four things. And what's interesting about all of this, and you'll come to know a little bit more as we move along, is that really that is uh, the reason for us to be. These four things are really the strategic plan for us moving forward. You and your families, you like to know where you're headed and where you're going. Organizations like to know where they're headed, where they're going. And so part of the church, um, that is, that's very important to us as well. This has been something that we have been working at for over a year. And many of you, either in leadership or as part of the congregation, you have had opportunity to have input into this. You were invited to sessions and you had input in that. So you're going to start, you'll see this unfold over the course of these next few weeks. So we're excited about that. Um, I'm I'm not techie at all. I'm not artistic at all. I give our team here at the church um, all the kudos for putting this together and part of our logo as we we launch out. And you'll start to see some banners are going to be going up, and um, which is, uh, which is cool. All of that is to increase, to, to put some excitement out there and just let it build. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> A few of you, you're still waiting for the barbecue, I know. All right, so this morning, we're, our emphasis will be on prayer. As we looked at being a church that isn't going back to the way that we were pre COVID, but to something different and new moving forward, we recognize that prayer is going to be an integral part of all that this church will be. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that just in a moment. Prayer is in all that we do, through and everything that we do. And one of the scriptures that came to mind for some of the people as we sat around the table and we were working on this was this one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. So if you have your, either a Bible, either in your um, app or in front of you, in print, this is what it says. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. But test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May the whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The Apostle Paul is finishing up his first letter to the Christians who are living in Thessalonica. And Paul has had some struggles with this group as they've been trying to work out some theological questions. 
And Paul, in this letter, is just trying to settle them out a little bit. And he's trying to settle things and, and to bring some comfort as they live out their Christian lives in their city. As we look at this passage this morning, we want to take a look at his closing words. What happens at the very end of the lesson? Paul writes this in verse 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Paul is trying to get their eyes off of themselves and the bit of a crazy situation that they're in, and he's trying to get them to focus on God. He's trying to get them to move away from themselves, maybe being a little bit self-centered, and moving in this other direction of recognizing that even though we're in the midst of worldly troubles, that godly successes come when we focus on God. I think that probably makes sense for many of us. Maybe a little bit harder to live out. What's interesting about this passage is that Paul calls God the God of peace, which is an easy word for us to skip over. Keep in mind what a difference that it is from our natural relationship with God the Father. By nature, we are at odds with God. That has been our nature. Our natural inclination is not to run to the Father. Our natural inclination is to move away from him. Hymn writer has said, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. To leave the God I love. Scriptures talk about this enmity between us and God the Father. At times we are hostile towards him. And we shake our fist at him. And we're angry at him because he doesn't offer us the comfort or offer us the answers that we are hoping for. We are in this spiritual, eternal war with God that we can't win. But the God of peace made promises to change that. The God of peace is the one who ended the hostility and war between himself and sinful man. And he ended it by sending his son, Jesus Christ. For unto you is born this night in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. At Christmas, we remember this, this um, beautiful part of God. The Godhead is interjected into our world to be the Savior, the one who will save us. From our sins. All throughout the Old Testament, you see where the prophets are, are, or who are foretelling the fact that Jesus would come. And as you look back through the prophets and the promises, you'll find them again and again being fulfilled. All of those promises in the Old Testament, talking about the Messiah, the Savior, come true. And God sends his son to to live and to die in our place. Peace was first promised when the Satan-crushing Messiah was first promised after the fall 
in the book of Genesis. So the God of peace has sanctified you. When the Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts, he sanctifies us, he cleans us, he separates us, he makes us in this place where we can be presentable to the Father. God, through, his, through faith in Jesus, has set you apart from the rest of the world. And the question that I often ask myself is, is that, do I look that much different than the rest of the world? Or am I just like everybody else? The average pedestrian individual that walks down the street. He has set us apart from the world, has set you apart from the way that you would have lived before you became a Christian. The question is, are we living the life of a Christian or are we back to the way that we were before we said yes to Jesus? This is a fundamental shift, a fundamental change in your life. When you say yes to Jesus, you know that you'll not die in hell, but live forever in heaven. You know that your sins are forgiven. Not just to save you from hell, but to save you for something better in this world. You know that the Savior who was promised has come and saved you. He saved the world from sin and death. You know that no matter what happens, God's promises remain true. Throughout biblical history and world history and your own personal history, God has proven himself time and time again. And what Paul says is this, the end of verse 24. Why should we wonder about this? Why should we wonder that we would be able to live the life in a sanctified state? Because he says this in verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. You children of Thessalonica, you're in all kinds of trouble. But I just want you to know that in the midst of your Christian walk, that the God who in Genesis sent Jesus to, to be the one that would be your savior, he would be the one that would continue to be with you and the one who calls you into that walk is faithful and he will do it. He's faithful to every promise. What is our, what is our response to this overwhelming blessing? What do we do with the truths that we're forgiven? That this great weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. That at one time we were at enmity with God enemies of God, and in the midst of that, God sends Jesus, and Jesus lifts the weight and offers us forgiveness. What happens in that time? How does it look to be sanctified, set apart by God's grace? What does that look like? That's what we need for our church. That's what we need for us who live in 2023, to be living in that sanctified state, what does that look like? To be followers of Jesus that is different than the rest of the world. Well, it looks like this. Verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks at all circumstances, 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. The first thing is to rejoice always. Now, some of you may, may hear that, and, and uh, you go, well, yeah, but how on earth do you do that? I, I got to go to work. I, I got these kids that are rangy. These kids are, they're driving me nuts. How is it possible to rejoice always and pray continually? Well, the pray continually part probably is pretty easy when it comes to that. But how, how do we do that in the midst of our busy lives? To be clear, this doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time. You don't have to take the happy pill. Do you know that the, um, uh, those, when we went to, um, we went to Africa, we went to Kenya, we, um, we had little rockets. You know those little rockets? Not, not like shooting rockets, everybody, easy. Um, they were little candies. <laughs> they were the candies. And, and sometimes when we got just a little bit excited about something, we had to go in and take out one of those chill pills and take one of those rockets because they just sort of, you know, a little soury thing that was just kind of settled everything down. Can't be happy all the time. This doesn't mean that being sad or discouraged or feeling loss is somehow wrong or sinful. It doesn't mean that. Some of us have some crazy lives going on right now. I don't know how you do it. And at the end of the day, you go, I don't know how I did that either. This week, I applaud you young parents as you get your kids ready to head them off, head them off back to school again. You know, maybe it's been kind of a crazy summer and you headed into it like a crazy fall. Like no buses. Like what is that? I just pray for you. Every time those things come up, I just go, Lord, help those young families that are trying to sort this out. Some kid gets dropped off at a bus stop that wasn't even hers. Lord, just in the midst of all that, would you just sort all that out? But this doesn't mean that you, you cling to what God has done for you, knowing that this work for you is reason for eternal rejoicing. You know, I'll experience sadness when my trust has been violated. I'll grieve when death separates me from a loved one, and that's okay. I'll have days where I feel like gum stuck to someone's shoe for no discernible reason. I will cry, I will feel frustrated, I will struggle to maintain perspective, but I can also maintain the joy that knows my sins are forgiven, that at the end of the day, I still have God who loves me and secures me and helps me to walk in a path moving forward. In the midst of it all, in the midst of the craziness, I mean, there's not one here today that could say we haven't walked through crazy the last three years. We've walked through crazy. We've been there and back. In the midst of all of that, God still encourages us does like he does to the children in Thessalonica. Rejoice always. Why is that? Because the last line, because the one who calls is faithful. The beginning and the last of the verse we were able to rejoice always because the one who's called you is faithful. Don't forget that. In the midst of crazy, 
pop up at a crazy, just look just for a second, get a gulp of good fresh air, come back down and just and realize that God who is faithful is still able to help you. Rejoice always. Second part, pray without ceasing. Your God's always listening, more willing to listen than we are to pray, more able to act than we imagine that he is. Prayer doesn't need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to be an eloquent flow of fancy words. Prayer is an, is an ongoing conversation with God who loves you, and he wants to hear your frustrations. There's probably some... I'm not going to say that. Prayer is this ongoing conversation with God who loves you. And he promises to work with you and through you for the good. And you pray to God to praise him, to thank him, to confess to him, and to bring your requests to him on behalf of others and for yourselves. Pray without ceasing. How do we do that? Because the one who calls is faithful. In everything, give thanks. Nothing happens to you or to me without God's knowledge. Nothing happens, good or bad, that God will not work out his eternal good, which means I can rejoice and give thanks in God even through the good and troubling things. I can find something positive in the midst of the crazy. In everything, give thanks. There's times I struggle with that. I don't know about you. There's times when I find it hard to be thankful for some of the difficult things that happen around me. It's very hard. In everything, give thanks because the one who calls is faithful. Next part of that passage says, do not extinguish the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test everything, hold on to the good, keep away from every kind of evil. God's word is the focal point. So you wonder, in the midst of all the stuff that's going on around you today, swirling around you, one of the solid things that we need to come back to is his word. Those are the words that we pray in the midst of our challenging times, and those are the words that we find wisdom to know how to deal with some of the things that are going on around us. And a part of what we do here in this church is to try to help us to understand his word and to know how to apply it. That's our task. We test everything by the measure of his word. We're not making this stuff up on our own. We're not just a social club. We don't have barbecues just to have barbecues. But we do them as a part of us drawing ourselves together as the community so that we can draw together in that way so that we can go deeper in his word. We test everything by the measure of his word. So don't extinguish the spirit because the one who calls is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful. Amen. So how, how do we see this moving forward for us personally and practically as the church? We're saying that we want to be in Christ. We, we want to have this relationship with Christ as the central part and we want prayer to be this central piece. So how do we, and be very interested to hear from you, this is one of the first of our strategic initiatives, our strategic strategies, 
is that moving forward, if we want to be the church that God wants us to be, then prayer will be focused, will be, will be the center of that. How many know what our mission is? What is the, hands up, who knows what uh, the mission of, yeah, these are all the old ones. Upstairs too, a few of you. Okay, so what is it? You make your, ha- you make your pastor happy, I'll tell you, right on. It is to know Christ and to make his love known. That is the, that is the bedrock of why this church exists is to know Christ and to make his love known. That's why we're here. And how do we carry that out? First way that we do that is through prayer. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And that's where we'll be moving. And the days ahead, the leadership of this church will continue to work on the strategies to make that evident. But here are some of the things that we're working on now. How do we see this moving forward for us personally and practically as a church to be a church of prayer? The first one is is that we would like to see intentional prayer occurring for all areas supported by our church, both locally and globally. How do you see yourself as part of that? If you're on version this morning, um, that's where your notes would be if you're taking notes or you're writing on the back of your hand. This is, um, this is the, the first part of that. We'd be more intentional about, there'd be more intentional prayer occurring in all areas supported by our church, both locally and globally. We're going to start to have some more prayer times together. One of the first ones we'll be having is on October the 14th, and that one will be praying specifically for our church to be a generous church moving forward. So we'll be talking about that. First, we'd like to see ourselves in that this, we'd be intentional about prayer. How will that happen in your own home? It's not just about coming to church and, and um, it being told to us. How will we begin to see this? Second, all people will know how to pray confidently. All age groups from the youngest to oldest. Now, I know that's differently than what you see, that everyone young and old will know how to pray confidently. That is our desire, because if I think if we were to take a survey right now, there would be some who would say, you know what, I really don't know how to pray confidently. If you asked me to pray out loud, I would faint right on the spot. You just say, I just don't want, I don't want, then that doesn't necessarily matter. The main thing is, is do you know how to pray confidently? Do you know how to pray well, we think that that's an important part of being a follower of Jesus. To know Christ and make his love known is to know how to pray. Third thing is, is that we understand our deep need for connection and communion with God, and we're experiencing a movement of prayer. We think that when we're, hit, we're, we're hitting this on all cylinders, the people of Arlington Woods Church and the people of this community will know that Arlington Woods Church is a praying church. And if you have an issue or a need, they're going to say, you know what? Just like Arlington Woods was the place when this tornado hit five years ago. Do you know what? You, you should go to that church over there. I don't know all the stuff that they do in there. But I know there's times when people's prayers are being answered there. People want to be a part of that. 
So we understand our deep need for connection and communion with God, and we're experiencing a movement of prayer. Without a doubt, most of our leadership feels that this is one of the things that we will see and experience at Arlington Woods is that we will be a church of prayer. And the fourth thing is, is that we will regularly create spaces and time for prayer across all ministries. There will be fun and games, and there will be swimming, and there will be all that fun stuff you heard about this morning at Camp I... No, there will be no swimming here, but there will be lots of stuff going on. But you know what? There will be space made for prayer. And I know some of us at this stage of our lives, we're going, oh my goodness, that is just such a big yawn. I, I, it just makes me tired thinking about it. I, I need to come someplace and have, to a prayer meeting. When people are healed, when there are marriages that are broken come back together again, when financial issues are dealt with, when some of these things begin to happen, not only will it be something exciting for this church, but it'll be exciting for the people that are outside of our church. Would you not agree? Amen. We're starting to wake back up again because we're getting close to that barbecue. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning because those things are important. I'm going to ask us to stand. I'm looking for Dan. We're going to pray and then uh, we're going to continue to move along with our communion. Father, I just... I thank you for the opportunity this morning to talk about this important piece, this first part of the next uh, part of our strategic plan as we move forward, that we would be a people of prayer. We recognize that Christ is at the center of that. But we also recognize that we need to do our part and that you will be the one who's called us is faithful, and you will do that. You love to see that in, in your kids in us. And so, Lord, whatever it is that we need to hear individually this morning about this issue of prayer, may it be true in us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.